In a world where uncertainty reigns supreme, where shadows of chaos dance at every turn, one truth emerges unyielding. Preparation is not a luxury, but a lifeline. Behold the Wellness Company, a beacon of readiness amidst the tempestuous seas of fate. Envision a sanctuary of tranquility, where the tumult of unforeseen medical crises finds no purchase. The Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit stands as a bastion of assurance, a fortress of resilience against the unseen foes of health. Within its sacred confines lie the tools of salvation. Ivermectin, to ward off the insidious whispers of disease. Emergency antibiotics, to quell the raging storms of infection. Antivirals, to vanquish the relentless tides of contagion and more. The Wellness Company Medical Emergency Kit is not merely a collection of supplies. It is the embodiment of preparedness itself. Crafted by the hands of esteemed healers led by luminaries such as Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. James Thorpe, Dr. Harvey Risch, and Dr. Drew Pinsky, this kit stands as the pinnacle of safety, the zenith of prevention. These truth-seeking doctors have forged a testament to vigilance, a testament to the unwavering pursuit of well-being. Embrace the certainty that comes from being armed against adversity. Embrace the Wellness Company, for in its embrace lies the promise of resilience, the promise of a brighter tomorrow amidst the chaos of today. Don't wait for the next crisis to strike. Visit twc.health forward slash strange planet and use promo code strange planet for an exclusive 10% discount. Prepare today and rest easy tomorrow. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, the deep state, the crash of 09, and the improbable rise of Donald Trump. The deep state needs the vision to create smoke screens so that they can do what they want. And that's what they did with Donald Trump. Hey there, I'm hard at work on another edition of Inner Sanctum, my free monthly newsletter. Inner Sanctum features my monthly brief, a column of my thoughts and opinions on what's happening in the world. It features a spotlight on a past guest, a look ahead to an upcoming episode of my weekly syndicated radio program, The Conspiracy Show. It features a look at this month in conspiracy and UFO history and my Conspiracy Unlimited podcast episode pick of the month and so much more. To get your free monthly newsletter, Inner Sanctum, delivered to your email inbox, just go to my website, strangeplanet.ca, strangeplanet.ca. Scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on Inner Sanctum and register. It's fast, easy, and again, absolutely free. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serres. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs, here's Richard Serrett. Welcome to your Friday. 
Stephen Harris, the author of America's Secret History, is here with our final installment of an ongoing series on the deep state. Hey, Stephen, welcome back. How are you? Great to be here again, Richard, and I'm fine. So this is the final installment of our ongoing series on the deep state based on your book, America's Secret History. Last time we spoke about 9-11, the deep state's role in 9-11. We'll move ahead a few years and we'll talk now about the financial crisis or the financial crash of 2007 and 8, leading to the uh, deep, deep recession and then culminating in the election of President Trump. So let's start with the financial crisis. What role did the deep state have in bursting the housing bubble and so forth? Well, Richard, the last 20 years just nailed it for Donald Trump. Um, And unfortunately, it um, uh, put the final nails in, or almost the final nails in the coffin for the middle class, for Main Street. The financial crisis of 2008 was basically caused by the 1999 repeal of the Glass-Steagall Act. The Glass-Steagall Act was a Franklin Delano Roosevelt 1933 act to prevent another Great Depression because one of the main causes of the Great Depression was that banks were allowed to dabble in securities, which means that they entered the investment market. And they gambled with depositors' money, in other words. Exactly. And so the 1933 Glass-Steagall Act sought to prevent it by telling the banks that you cannot dabble in securities. You are not an investment firm, you're a bank. And in 1999, there was another bill that was entered into Congress, the Graham-Leach-Billy Act, which in effect told Glass-Steagall that you no longer exist, that banks can dabble in securities and become a brokerage firm. Then Treasury Secretary under Bill Clinton in 1999, Larry Summers, His main responsibility should have been to speak out against this irresponsible act, and instead he actively supported it. Responsible for America's money, instead of explaining to the public that this act has prevented Wall Street crises for over 65 years, he said nothing. And Congress passed the Graham-Leach-Billy Act, which gave banks the ability and the right and the legality to become an investment firm. So they were, they were getting involved in hedge fund trading with derivatives. Now, explain then how the housing bubble, which was basically a lot of bad mortgages, no money down, no credit check necessary, how that ties in with the, with the financial industry, which led to the crash. Well, I'm not a financier, I'm not an, uh, an economist, but my understanding is that these millions of people, once the homeowners, once the crash began, fell apart because there's no way they should have been allowed to get a mortgage, to get a house, because they did not have the financial ability to do it. And so once the, the housing crash began, it snowballed because all these people were unable to uh, back their debts. And I believe it was something like two million houses were foreclosed on in the next couple of years. And that just caused, besides what happened to the Bear Stearns and the City Corps and others. Lehman Brothers. Yes, and many more that I can't think of off the top of my head. The the two of them combined sent uh, the markets crashing, sent the economy 
into a almost a depression, certainly a recession. A lot of these bad mortgages, they're bad loans, they're not gonna be repaid. They get bundled up into investment vehicles and I guess the banks were, were dealing in those as well. So now the banks got saddled with a lot of really bad debt. So all this liquidity dries up. They've gambled it all away, the depositors' money. So all of the liquidity dries up. There's no money to lend. There's no money you know, to spread around anymore. So everything just kind of implodes. And uh, that led to uh, a stock market crash and a deep, deep recession. It could have turned if the government hadn't, if the Federal Reserve and the government hadn't bailed out all those corporations, the Bear Stearns, et cetera, and bailed out the uh, housing market itself by the, I believe the government put out $80 billion a month. The Federal Reserve created $80 billion a month in cash to revive the economy. And if it wasn't for that, along with bailing out the auto industry and other industries and other corporations, such as, uh, as I said, Bear Stearns, it would have almost certainly led to a Great Depression. So why would the deep state engage in this activity? Did they anticipate that they were going to crater the economy or was that an unexpected consequence of the, the financial deregulation? Well, the deep state, I have to give some background information here. The deep state's purpose since it began with the robber barons of the early 1800s, especially after they uh, after Lewis and Clark came back with its findings of the huge riches uh, that the uh, the industrialists and the robber barons must have salivated on. Uh, the purpose of the deep state was to control to gain control of the entire wealth and power. Uh, of the world, at least of the United States back in the early 1800s. And it really, it, it really came, I, I mean, there were many things that, that occurred, which we've already discussed, that, that led into it. But what really started the deep state, the PNW, into uh, control of the, of the countries and the world's wealth and power was after World War II. After World War II, you had 20, uh, 12 million veterans returning from the war. And what the deep state did, this was certainly plotted. There's, there's no doubt about it. It was too methodical. What the deep state did was they, they, they provided virtually free free college education to those 12 million uh, um, veterans, 800,000 of which, I think 880,000 of which were uh, African-American. So they, they provided free college education. These people these students graduated around 1950 and they got jobs and the deep state provided the suburbs. This was a huge thing never before seen in any civilization that I could find. Uh, houses were built and virtually almost given away uh, to these college graduates who had just uh, uh, secured good jobs. And these graduates, they married, they had children and they, they flourished. Um, Graduates became teachers with soon to be realized public schools, public school systems paying huge salary, relatively huge salaries and pensions beginning in the 60s. Healthcare was as cheap as can be with employers picking up virtually all the costs and with no deductibles, no co-pays as we do today. Congress set aside billions of dollars for a transportation system for commuters and vacationers. 
which the auto industry and the oil industry certainly did not complain about, if you get my drift. It was a situation where the American dream, where the deep state provided the middle class with an American dream that, uh, that they were living. And they lived it until around the 70s. Uh, and the purpose of, of building this middle class, building this American dream, was to, was to build up a billion dollar at the time, would have been trillion dollars today, billion dollars at the time, wealth in the middle class, and then taking it from them. And they started in the 70s taking it from them with two very big things, the globalization and Nixon's shock of 1971, removing the gold from backing the dollar. When you remove gold completely from backing the dollar, you make the dollar virtually worthless and you enable the Federal Reserve to create billions and now today trillions of dollars, which benefit the wealthy because the cost of living has, ten, has, has increased 10 times since 1971. Salaries have increased 10 times since 1971. And so the, the poor and the middle class, they have the exact same buying power as they did back, 50, back a half a century ago, 50 years. But the, but the wealthy, they, they don't care about the cost of food or the cost of rent or the cost of a mortgage because they don't have it. The wealthy invest. They invest in real estate. They invest in stocks and bonds. They invest in, 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 in securities. They invest in everything. And they don't have mortgages and they don't have rentals. And so their income, their income goes up exponentially, whereas the poor and the middle class, it stays the same or it goes down. And so what the deep state has done is be, between globalization of, of, of enabling corporations and individuals to go worldwide and having foreign corporates, corporations come in and selling their products dirt cheap and taking millions of jobs away from, from the middle class and buying up real estate. I believe China owns more real estate in this country than Americans do. And we allowed that. Congress allowed that. And this was a deep state um, effort to completely control the power and wealth in this country and ultimately the world. And uh, that is and it really took off, as I said before, in the last 20 years. Um, and we can go into that. But that's what it is. Right. So after the crash of uh, 2009, and we had this huge, I think it was something like $700 billion that was basically given to bail out Wall Street. So the people that were responsible for this chicanery and greed, if you will, ended up getting getting bailed out. It was like uh, the old bait and switch. We were told that this was going to rescue the economy. So they were they perpetrated this Ponzi scheme and then they end up getting bailed out. It was that the intended purpose? Richard, not one person, not one person went to jail for the horrendous shenanigans that caused the 2008 financial crisis. Millions of Americans, mostly middle class, uh, went broke or lost so much that uh, uh, they didn't know how they were going to live anymore. And yet no one went to jail for that. 
<clears throat> but even worse, in my opinion, was what the president of the United States did, which to me was a, a, uh, a result of the deep state. I'd like to read you something from America's Secret History, um, which, which really uh, uh, illustrates this. Barack Obama becomes president in 2008 and, and, and promises to bail the, the country out of, of, of the financial straits. And yet on January 21st, 2009, one day after taking office, millions are out of work, losing their homes, a huge portion of their retirement savings and have very little hope. Not too many US citizens had, had been around to remember the Great Depression, but many were now able to identify. These were President Obama's appointees to the financial sector of his administration almost as soon as he was sworn in. Secretary of the Treasury, Timothy Geithner, the former president of the New York Fed, one of the top financial people in the world responsible for red flagging Wall Street. If he couldn't see that the financial crisis was coming, how would he see a future financial crisis in President Barack Obama's administration as Treasury Secretary. And among Geithner's decisions as head of the New York Fed, he helped design the $30 billion bailout of Bear Stearns for their mortgage securities fiasco. This was President Barack Obama's Secretary of the Treasury. Geithner's Chief of Staff, Mark Patterson, was a former Goldman lobbyist. One of the administration's top economic advisors until 2010, two years later, was Lewis Sachs, the former chairman of the Mariner Investment Group, a company that allegedly sold CDOs, collateralized debt obligations, and then bet against these mortgage-based securities. The Commodities Future Trading Commission is an independent agency that regulates the futures and options market. Who did Obama pick as, it, as its head? Gary Gensler, also a former employee of Goldman. More importantly, though, the president chose one of those responsible for allowing financial institutions to deal in derivatives, mortgage securities, by promoting the passage of the Commodities Future Modernization Act of 2000 following the repeal of Glass-Steagall. I mean, it, it just goes on and on, and, and, and I'd like to paraphrase another paragraph that I have in America's Secret History. We've already discussed the Glass-Steagall Act. Well, the main guy, as we just said before, was Larry Sumner. And Larry Sumner was one of, was, was named. As soon as Barack Obama was elected president, he was president-elect, he was, he was the main economic advisor to Obama until 2010. Right, former Man, World, World Bank economist. Yeah, and, and I mean, he was a genius. He was just an economic genius. And yet this is who Barack Obama picked as his main economic advisor, the man who was responsible for the repeal of Glass-Steagall. Right. I shouldn't say responsible, that's not fair. The man who should have fought who was Treasury Secretary, who should have fought against the act, did not do it. And that was Obama's 
top economic advisor. Right, and he, he was also president of Harvard. He got forced out because uh, in in shame he had to, to leave because he suggested that, I'm trying to remember, women didn't have the mental aptitude for math and science. I don't know if you remember I, that. He got, I didn't he, know got, that. he got kicked out of Harvard. And then he was kind of the salesman for TARP, which is this huge relief package that, again, sent almost three quarters of a trillion dollars to Wall Street. He had to, he went up to Capitol Hill and tried to, to pitch TARP to the elected officials because they were ready to kill it a couple of times. Because again, it was sold as this populist bailout for American homeowners. And that didn't happen. It went to Wall Street with no strings attached, basically. As usual, you were impressed with your knowledge of things like that. That leads us to 2016. We have the emergence of a real estate mogul and uh, reality TV star, Donald J. Trump, who shocks the world by defeating 16 Republican contenders for the nomination and then defying all odds, seemingly yet again, uh, becomes president of the United States. He went against some of the top, all of the top, Republican politicians, just to name a few, John Kasich, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, Ben Carson, Jeb Bush, Chris Christie, Rick Santorum, Ron Paul, Mike Huckabee. And he took them on and without a sweat, I never saw him, not one bead on his forehead. He eliminated each one of them with ease. It amazed me and I think it amazed millions of others. And the reason he did it, at least in in my opinion and in America's secret history's opinion, was he was he was going to drain the swamp. These millions of these people out there in, in, in Michigan and Idaho and Iowa and Pennsylvania and all, they just had it. I mean, they had it as much as they may have respected Kasich and Cruz, Rubio, et cetera, et cetera. They had had it with the normal politician. They, they saw the, the, them as, as the elitists who just were going to do what they wanted for themselves, what they wanted for, for the lobbyists, what they wanted for the establishment. And the, yet Donald Trump was their savior. He was obviously the savior who was going to take the flooded streets of Main Street across the country and just be the life preserver. And uh, that's what he was to them. And it's true, if, if, if certain things hadn't fallen into place, maybe he would have lost by a, a few electoral votes. But he didn't. He won. And he won because Main Street trusted Donald Trump to, to be the savior. And they needed it. They need it today for crying out loud. COVID, they need it more than ever today. How did he rise up and defeat the deep state? So right now, of course, we're just in the uh, the post-election and we're hearing all of these allegations of election fraud. We're hearing about these vote tabulation systems owned by Dominion, perhaps in the pocket of the communist Chinese. Why weren't they able to rig the vote if that's in fact what happened this time around, and I think there's substantial evidence to suggest it did, but that's another show. But how is it that the deep state prevented him from from getting in if he is sort of the of the avowed enemy of the deep state? I believe, look, the deep state uses Republicans and Democrats from the beginning of time. This is one of the big things, I believe we brought it out in a, in a previous podcast, this is how they've been so successful, the two-party system. They pit 
Democrat against Republican, Republican against Democrat. They have created uh, such a rift between the two of them that now, and, and it's been slowly happening, but now Republicans hate Democrats, Democrats hate Republicans. And Donald Trump presented, in my opinion, a means to create an even bigger rift. Because when you create hatred among people, that's all they care about. They only care about the NRA or Planned Parenthood or this and that. They don't care about what what is in front of them. And a perfect example is COVID. The government has been able to to use COVID to to increase the gap between the wealth and the poor to to create more wealth for the uh, for the wealthy. And no one can can even begin to see this because of the hatred that followed into this election, where, again, I'll say it again, Republicans hated Democrats, Democrats hated Republicans. And so Trump was perfect for them. For four years, I'll just say, just without having any proof, I'll say it doubled. The hatred doubled in the last, and it'll probably double in the next four years with Biden as president. The deep state needs the vision to create smoke screens so that they can do what they want. And that's what they did with Donald Trump. So you're saying that they uh, they aided and abetted Trump to get into the White House. How did they do that? How did they do that? Well, I, I, I think the biggest thing, I, I think Hillary Clinton probably would have gotten the, the election if James Comey had not come out a few, few weeks prior and said he was uh, uh, opening up the, investi- the, the investigation uh, into the email uh, scandal. And I believe that that, that was a, a deep state ploy, that, that that was the final nail in the, in the coffin uh, for, for Hillary. And I think that was the final straw that, that, that took Trump over the, uh, um, over the hill into victory because uh, that's what he needed for the final thrust. More of my conversation with Steve Harris when Conspiracy Unlimited returns. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. C60 Evo's Miracle Molecule ESS60 makes a great gift for your friends, family, and their pets. Why not give the gift of radiant health to everyone on your list? ESS60 from C60 Evo is the purest form of C60. Take ESS60 for increased strength, flexibility, immunity, and better sleep. You know, the mighty Aphrodite and I have been taking it for a year now. A tablespoon full every morning and we've never felt better, never slept better. No aches, no pains. We're mentally focused and sharp. 
Is it any wonder? This antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammatory, and super antioxidant is 172 times more powerful than vitamin C. You heard me right. 172 times more powerful than vitamin C. To order your bottle of ESS60 from C60 Evo, go to the episode notes for this podcast or click on the banner ad for C60 Evo at the bottom of my website, strangeplanet.ca. And now, until the end of the year, you can take 15% off your order with the coupon code Jolly15RS. Jolly15RS. That's Jolly15RS. The coupon's not valid for cases or subscriptions and cannot be used with any other coupon code. Valid through December 31st, 2020. Again, to order your miracle molecule in a bottle, go to the episode notes for this podcast or go to my website, strangeplanet.ca. Scroll down to the bottom and click on the C60 Evo banner. This product has not been evaluated by the FDA and is not intended to cure, treat, or diagnose. If you have a medical concern, please contact your healthcare provider. The truth goes through three stages. First, it is ridiculed. Then, it is violently opposed. Finally, it is accepted as self-evident. Let me just read that again, what that means. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Steve Harris is here. We're discussing the deep state and Steve's theory that Donald Trump rose to power with the help of the deep state in order to foment division in America as a distraction. It's an interesting theory. I mean, I I, I see things, I think, as you know, quite differently with regards to, to President Trump. I, I mean, I think he is equally hated by Democrats and Republicans in the Republicans in name only, the rhinos. And we're seeing that right now with, for example, Georgia Governor Kemp, who was endorsed by Trump and now only to sort of turn his back on Trump and demand he concede. We're seeing this with another a number of other Republican governors like Ducey in Arizona. We're seeing a lot of establishment Republicans demanding that Trump concede. I think the Republicans, most of them, had it in for Trump as much as the Democrats. I think just a fringe group of Republicans had it in for Trump. I believe that the that the staunch Republican voted for Trump, that the reason he did not uh, overtake Biden in the popular and the electoral college was because of the independents. The ones who voted for for Donald in the 2016 election and who didn't vote, for, did not vote for him in this election. That's what I feel happened. I think that's the uh, th- that was the reason. So why take him out now? If he was doing such a good job at sowing dissension, why not leave him in for another four years and make it even worse? Ah, because now you have Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, who are going to incite the right even more than they were. And so now you create an even bigger rift because what what Joe Biden is going to do is going to incite or what he'll try or do, whatever the case may be, he will incite the right, the conservative side of the uh, uh, of the country's political landscape, even more so. And so, again, you have an even bigger rift between liberal, conservative, Democrat, Republican, etc. Mm. And this is what, as I said, this is what the deep state has done uh, almost from 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 day one. Um, 
I believe I mentioned on the last uh, uh, interview that I believe the reason Barack Obama received the nomination in 2008 and won the presidency was to further incite um, and, 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 and get the rift between the two sides even more, which it was successful because by the time 2016 came along, uh, uh, um, Hillary barely asked uh, Obama to, um, to campaign for her. And this is what they do, Richard, or at least this is what I've seen they do. Right, right. Is it possible there are two deep states? There is the entrenched deep state that, that are, I think, by and large globalists. They, they see the nation state and borders as a, as a hindrance to the free flow of capital and labor. And that's an anathema to them because it, uh, it affects the bottom line. They don't like nation states. Uh, and then perhaps maybe you have another deep state, which, which is comprised of, of patriots, people who believe in the nation state. Maybe backstage, there is this titanic battle taking place between these two forces. Maybe, in this case, the, the nation-state won with Donald Trump. I, that's my theory. What do you think? You certainly could be right. I see the deep state, I've always seen the deep state, as the P&W, the power and wealth. But as you just said, the Donald Trump uh, portion of this uh, entity, if you will, just might be uh, part of the PNW, and both sides might be both the globalists um, and the nationalists might just be uh, fringe elements of the PNW, but working towards the same end. You could be right. So, what do you see happening, assuming that Joe Biden is inaugurated and? I know that it may sound far-fetched to, to some people, but I think there is still a path to victory for President Trump, either through state legislatures who ultimately have the constitutional authority to select electors. There is a path that way or through the Supreme Court. So it is, you know, we got to hold on to our hats because this thing isn't over yet. But let's assume that Biden gets in. What do you see happening in the next four years? Well, first of all, let me address the first part. It certainly could happen. And if the deep state wants the, the rift to be complete now, they will certainly go for electors, uh, unfaithful electors, and um, uh, for President Trump to remain President Trump. I have no idea if that will happen, but it certainly is a possibility. If, if Joe Biden re, uh, is inaugurated on January 20th, I have to be honest with you. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. I do know that there's a very good chance of a third world war beginning in the Middle East. I do believe that there's a good chance for a Great Depression. Uh, we have millions and millions of people from COVID uh, who uh, are broke and or going to go broke. And companies, I mean, Disney, Disney just uh, fired, laid off 30 2,000 people from Disneyland and Disney World. Um, and I see a good chance in the next year or two of a Great Depression. Um, but we really don't know what's going to happen. Look at COVID. I mean, back a year ago today, December uh, 2nd, 2019, whoever would have imagined 
that on or around March 10th, we would go, the world would go into a lockdown where millions, tens of millions, maybe hundreds of millions worldwide, I don't, I don't know, would be home not working or home working remotely. Where corporations would, would be at a standstill. I don't know about you, Richard, but I never would have foreseen this. And what it has done to the worldwide economy is uh, massively, horrendously bad. And so I don't, I don't think anybody, this deep state has think tanks that are amazing. If it wasn't so bad, I'd respect them to the hilt because they design these things like COVID uh, like, uh, like no one ever could. So I don't know what's going to happen. I do know, though, it ain't going to be good. So if both candidates, both horses basically are backed by the deep state and they, they, they offer up this false, this illusion of choice, if both candidates in, in, in every election are controlled by the deep state, what, who would you rather have, Biden or Trump? <laughs> That's a good question because each one of them, uh, uh, you know, has the, uh, uh, has the negatives. I guess Donald Trump. Uh, because at least uh, uh, Trump doesn't choose Janet Yellen as Secretary of the Treasury. Janet Yellen, the, the former chairman of the greatest conspiracy ever perpetrated on the American people, the Federal Reserve, which is a private corporation of the wealthiest families in the world. Uh, she's going to be now a member of America's presidential cabinet in charge of the collection management, disbursement of its revenue, and one of the president's chief monetary advisors. Um, I don't think Main Street stands a chance with Joe Biden. Um, and I think Main Street stands a chance with Donald Trump, though I don't even think they realistically stand a chance with him because um, the deep state has been so successful. Um, through the decades and last couple of centuries that I don't think no matter who was president, Trump or Biden, it will make a difference. Do the candidates realize that they're controlled by the deep state? I most certainly think they do. I don't think there's any way that Barack Obama, as much of a relative uh, newcomer that he was in 2008, didn't realize when he was instructed to, to, to name Larry Summers and Timothy Geisner Geithner and uh, uh, Mark Patterson and all the others to his economic um, trust for his administration. I can't believe there was any way that he didn't know that he pay he just paid for his presidential nomination and election. Um, he had to have known that uh, uh, that was a a deep state um, priority that he would not have been president if he did not fulfill their their desires. Um, and I could go down and on and on and on and on and on. I mean, not just Barack Obama, uh, uh, George W. Bush and Dick Cheney, uh, certainly part of the deep state. Um, uh, Bill Clinton in, in many of the things that he did, certainly part of the deep state. So it, it, it just, you know, you can go on and on and on and on. 
It's it's a pretty bleak picture you're painting here. It seems like they have it entirely locked down. They they control us whether we're coming or going. Is there any escape from this ultimately? <laughs> you know my <laughs> my son-in-law told me the other day that uh, I'm very intense in my writing, um, and he's right. Uh, and um, uh, I don't know. I, I mean. What has happened in the last 200 years, Richard, and it's fact, I'm not making it up. It's, it's, it's not fiction. It's in America's secret history, what, what the deep state has done. Uh, and they're successful, you, you know. Sure, they have a few setbacks here and there. You know, James Garfield was elected president. He shouldn't have been. John F. Kennedy was elected uh, 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 president. He shouldn't have been. You know, so they have setbacks, you, you know. But in the, in the end, I mean, they have accomplished everything and they're accomplishing everything now. I mean, in February, they controlled 60% of the world's wealth. And after COVID, I wouldn't be surprised if they can now control 75 or 80% of the world's wealth and power. And it, it just doesn't stop. So yeah, I'm, I'm negative. I'm, you know, I am because I, I, I see what has gone on and I see what is happening and I can project what might happen. And so, yeah, I, I think it's scary. Uh, I, I think you and I are on the same page for the most part, but I see Trump as a, a little different. You mentioned Garfield, you mentioned Kennedy, maybe you could throw in Andrew Jackson there. I think Absolutely. That, I think they got in through the back door despite the machinations of the deep state. I think Trump did as well. I think Trump stands up for the nation state. It looks like he's down, he's not out. So uh, I think there's a glimmer of hope there. Hey, Richard, you could be right. How do we get a copy of America's Secret History? Whatever, uh, uh, brick and mortar, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, et cetera, stores are open, or Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, basically any online retailer, Pals.com, Books a Million, et cetera. So what's next, Stephen? What, what topic are you gonna tackle next? <laughs> Well, what topic would you like to discuss? I'm there, you know, I, I, I basically know what has gone on in this country since the beginning. Um, and uh, whatever else uh, you're game for, I'm game for, Richard. I think you need to write a book on uh, how we get out of this mess. A how to take back the Republic. What do you think? I'll give it some thought. All right, there's your assignment. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'll be back in a few moments with a look ahead at the next episode of Conspiracy Unlimited. Did you know you can now stream episodes of this podcast on your mobile device? All you need is my new Conspiracy Unlimited app. It's absolutely free, and it's available for both iOS and Android devices. If you're a Conspiracy Unlimited Plus member, pay attention. You can now stream premium content from your mobile device. My free Conspiracy Unlimited app for iOS and Android, available from the App Store and Google Play. Get yours today and start streaming Conspiracy Unlimited on your mobile device. Coming up next time, author Steve Asher drops by with more tales of haunted Kentucky. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett.
So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting.